0: I think he can do it, but, I, but I, I don't think this case is about Trump anymore at all because you heard the governor of New York come out yesterday and say, look, everybody, uh, don't be scared about doing business in New York uh, because the only people we prosecute are people like Donald Trump who don't behave well. That didn't go over very well with the investment community because we're all asking each other who's next. This was a victimless crime. Nobody lost any money. And a judge out of nowhere put on a $355 million penalty.
1: Well, you know, it used to be 30 years ago, or really just for the last 30 years in total, that uh, Wall Street and the liberals and the multinational corporations would send our jobs overseas to China. now... They're actually letting the Chinese nationals come here to the United States and take the jobs right off from under our noses. I mean, you talk about 20,000 Chinese nationals just since October coming into this country, taking jobs, driving down wages. Of course, China's already buying farmland, U.S. farmland, at a record pace, Kaylee, I mean, it's this is unbelievable.
2: Are you-
3: it is totally believable. It's not unbelievable. This is totally believable. Everything that's happened... Is exactly as you expected. Be honest with me, folks. There is nothing surprising about this race. Not a single solitary thing. We were marched right off the cliff into believing there was going to be some big speech by Nikki Haley. And what did she say earlier today? What did she say? She basically said, I'm staying in the race. I don't care. I'm just going to be whoever I'm going to be. And she did emote about her husband. And I and I and listen to me. I, the one thing I will not go after... Are people who are serving uh, in the military, defending this country, it's got to be very difficult for Nikki Haley to have to carry on this charge uh, with, with her husband serving overseas. And, and I mean that in all complete and total sincerity. I'm not somebody that will ever poke at anyone for serving in the military or for the difficulties their families uh, feel as a result of that. And look, let's be honest here. When you are... Uh, Running for office. Can you imagine the amount of hate that comes in for any of these candidates like the the specific vicious vitriol just because you've decided to run? And you know what? I'll include the Biden crew here. I mean, as well, it's got to be mind bendingly painful to have to deal with the lowest common denominator. But that's the reality of the world in twenty twenty four. We are conditioned to expect the lowest possible common denominator. In fact, you can assume the lowest common denominator and then go about 15 stories down into the ground um, and you still will not strike bottom. It is incredible. But she came out today and she gave a speech and she said she's not going anywhere. She's going to continue this uh, this pursuit. I, I don't know what the exit strategy is. Maybe she's counting on Donald Trump being put in prison. That's a very strong possibility. Maybe she's counting on him not being eligible. Maybe she's counting on some something else entirely. But, you know, she's basically said she's not going to be Trump's VP. That's readily, available, understandable. And uh, she doesn't want to be, you know, secretary of state or any of that sort of stuff. So um, what we've got here is somebody who has gone around and I'm, I'm only going to critique her in one very specific regard because I, she doesn't move the needle for me. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Um you know, you, you had a shot in Iowa, you had a shot in New Hampshire, now you're going to try to do something in South Carolina, and I I, I just I don't see the pathway, but that's okay, it's cool. Everybody's got the right to run if they want to run and, and see how it goes. But she has said at many campaign stops that she knocked 14 people out of the race and she just has to catch one more person. She didn't run... Asa Hutchinson out of the race she didn't run uh Burgum out of the race she didn't run those people out of the race she didn't run Christie out of the race these are people who dropped out because they didn't see a pathway forward and she wants to try to carve a pathway forward and that's her right she can do whatever she wants I mean really she can she could do whatever she wants I, I just don't know that it's going to be relevant I also by the way in 2024 I don't believe it's going to actually hurt her if she wants to run in 2028. That's a lifetime from now. That is a lifetime from now. So who, who knows what's going to happen, but she, she had an availability. She, um, talked about what she's trying to do. She mentioned her husband, uh, who's serving overseas and we salute that always. I'm, I'm always pro military, military family, uh, folks. I mean, we, we owe them a debt of gratitude that, that we can never repay. And, uh, you know, to look at this and, and to try to figure out what's going to happen here. I, I think with all due respect to everybody involved, I think we all just kind of you know fold it up and wait and then see what happens uh, after uh, South Carolina and then into uh, Stupor Tuesday, which is what I like to call it. I usually call it Stupor Tuesday. People are stuporing into various locations. Um, what I can tell you, though, is more important on the other side of the of the bingo card, and that is Joe Biden flying out to California to go raise money. Apparently, that's the only place he can raise money. Because he goes out to California, and I can only think of two reasons why he's going out to California, taking Air Force One um, and heading out there, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get your picture taken with the guy. I mean, really, uh, in, in all honesty, you may as well just uh, contract with uh, Hunter Biden with, with the blow darts and the and the and the ink and all that sort of stuff, and just have him make just have him make uh, make the, the the sort of uh, funky paintings uh, that he makes, and just hand them out. You don't need a, nobody wants a picture with Joe Biden. No, no, nobody wants a picture with Joe Biden. I'm just telling you that right now. I don't know anybody, even the biggest Joe Biden fan that wants to get a picture with Joe Biden. It's just it's I, I'm not seeing it, but he continuously goes out to California to raise money. It's the only place where they are adelpated enough to write big checks to a guy like Joe Biden. I mean, my gosh, are you kidding me? And the hero of the week so far. God bless him. Kevin O'Leary man the sound bites i have from kevin o'leary destroying the loser states and i love this notion you know he's a canadian he lives up in canada so he's not going to run for office in the united states of america but let me tell you something i love that he is calling out specific loser states california is a loser state illinois is a loser state massachusetts is a loser state new york is a loser state And I got to tell you, I love that he's doing this because Billy Goats Gruff under the bridge gave away the secret when Billy Goats Gruff was standing under the bridge. And you know who that is. Go on my Twitter feed. You'll figure it out. Billy Goats Gruff um, pulled, pulled, pulled the ultimate reveal when she said standing on seven milk cartons um, that don't worry, we're not going to put anybody else in jail. And we're not going to confiscate your stuff. Well, you can't confiscate people's things and then tell the rest of the people that you're not going to confiscate their things because it's readily clear that you are going to confiscate people's things if you disagree with them politically. And then they put her in somebody's pocket and she walked away. It news talk 1110 993 WBT is is it true is it, is that a true phrase with this song you want it all but you can't have it can you really want it all I don't know if that's the case I, I know that there are people who want it all but they can't have it I mean that's you know I mean that's 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 just the realities of life welcome back I'm Brett Whittable it's good to be here with you you know who can't have it anymore people that go to school at the university, of Wisconsin, Madison. Now, look. I got to be honest with you. I'm always going to be honest with you because I don't I don't I don't troll you, okay? You're my audience. Uh, I respect you. I like spending time with you. So I will never troll you in, in this regard. But I have to tell you, the University of Wisconsin-Madison is not an educational institution. It is a gulag. It is a gulag and it is a gulag made up of dangerously ignorant human beings by and large i I have i have debated against uw madison i have talked to people from uw madison and they are they are radical radicals okay so they have decided hold on get ready for this welcome back to 2020 uw madison student government votes to remove the lincoln statue Abraham Lincoln's statue is going to be removed from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Why, you say? Well, of course you would understand why, if you had a warped mind. It's because Abraham Lincoln—think about Abraham—what did Abraham Lincoln do? Uh, He was the first abolitionist uh, president. He was assassinated by the filthy, uh, awful— confederate that decided they 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 were going to kill him and 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 what did he do what did anybody remember what he did other than fighting and and defending the the constitution and maintaining the the union which okay whatever um what about this what about this i do believe he had something to do with the emancipation proclamation I, i i heard about it sometime one time sometime i don't know these morons at the university of wisconsin-madison i listen i'm appealing to you if you went to the university of wisconsin-madison i would recommend you demand a refund or go immediately uh, enroll in a master's program so that the last thing on your intellectual resume is not uw-madison Okay, I want you to go just go pick up a pick up a master's UNCC, Queens College. Uh, I don't, you know, Winthrop, Wingate, Wingate. I have to say it both ways because people scream at me when I when I say it both ways. Um, But UW Madison, they want to get rid of the Lincoln statue because they call it a remnant, a remnant of white supremacy. Really? Really? The resolution states that the statue serves as remnants of this school's history of white supremacy. Hmm. If if anybody is applying for a job where you are in potentially the hiring line, don't even don't don't. These are unserious people. You cannot in this day and age afford to hire unserious people. These are this is an unserious move. Abraham Lincoln Gave his life for the union and emancipated the slaves. What are you doing at UW Madison? It is it is so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. Who are those two? Who are those two yo-yos that were the football players that played at the University of W Madison? There, the two brothers. You know they. You know who I'm talking about. Who is it? The, the, the two the two whack jobs. Those two. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. He played. He played for the Texans, Mr. Texan guy, and then the other, the brother, went there too. Uh, (laughs) uh. UW-Madison. Let me tell you something. I'm so disgusted by this vote, I'm I'm not even eating cheese. No more cheese for me. I'm done. If anybody sees me eating cheese, you you let me know. Because I'm not eating cheese anymore. That's all. Wisconsin is good for cheese, and they're too cheesy for me. The University of Wisconsin-Madison. Student government unanimously voted in favor, unanimously voted in favor of a resolution that calls for the removal of the Abraham Lincoln statue on campus. I mean, it's really disgusting. Students argued that President Lincoln was anti-black, anti-native and not pro-black. How do they know? Did they talk to him? How do you know this? Who wrote that down? Who said that? Following these calls to remove the statue, a resolution was introduced to the Associated Students of Madison Student Council advocating for the removal of the Lincoln statue on the campus. Why? Why? You know why? I mean, come on. I think we can understand what it is that's happening here. I think we can understand what it is that's happening here, okay? Democrats are liberal. Liberals are Democrats. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to grant equivalency between the Confederacy and Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln is an American hero because he kept the union together despite the best efforts of modern day progressives to try to continue to tear this apart. And to which I say to you, no, no. Nay, nay.
2: News
3: Talk 1110, ninety nine three WBT, Brett Whittable Show. It's good to be with you. 704-570-1110. So... I want you to sit down for this because this is this is something that you're just not going to believe. I I don't. Frankly, I don't believe it myself. Okay, I'm going to give you the warning. I'm going to give you the five second warning here so that you can you can bail out if you need to. Uh, Five, four, three, two, one. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is thinking about doing an executive order on immigration as the state of the union (laughs) looms largely. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Imagine that must be what's going on behind the scenes in Biden world for a story to be floated that the open border president, let's be honest, the openest border president in human history. Is considering signing an executive order to be a game changer on illegal immigration. Reported by Axios. I always read Axios. That's the executive order. That would dramatically staunch the record flow of migrants into the Southwest. Joe Biden is counting on the State of the Union address to provide an opportunity for a reset moment. Okay, serious question, serious question. I've got five lines available for you to weigh in on this. If Joe Biden announces that the border is now shut, are you going to vote for Joe Biden? 704-570-1110, because his team thinks that. If you just see him shut the border now, everything is going to be cool. Everything is going to be fine. 704-570-1110. Do you believe that? What would you say in response? Like, if you woke up the day after the so-to, the State of the Union, what are you saying to yourself if you read or see on the television news that Joe Biden just pushed an executive order to close the border? What would you do? How would you react to that idea? Are you on board? Are you willing to reset your opposition to Joe Biden? Are you thinking about maybe? Hold on. Hold on. Honey, where's the checkbook? I want to write a check to the Harris Biden campaign because they are border secure these days. Make no mistake about it. The Biden White House and the Biden reelect campaign are in a panic over the fallout from the her report. The him report? No, the her report. Biden's open southern border is a serious mark against his governing abilities. He knows what is happening, yet he refuses to correct course and take the proven actions that secure the southern border. But now that you've got the State of the Union address coming around, you know, coming right around that mountain, this is this is going to be something incredible, really, when you think about this. Right. All is done. All is reset. Are you willing to reset for Biden? I mean, let's let's dig a little deeper. Democrats know that if the race continues as it is now, Biden will lose to Trump in November. Polling is horrible for Biden. He has lost almost all the demographics that he needs to win. So what should he do? What can he do, says Axios? How about really shaking things up and pretending to be concerned about the border crisis that has turned into a border catastrophe? Biden has to do something to show he's in control and able to make big decisions. He has to show that he can protect the homeland and the American people. That is his top job responsibility. So let's see. Let's see if this is enough for you to crawl across that line and go with biden uh steve welcome to the program what's on your mind steve
4: i just want to say one thing about that and then i'll hang up the people that will reset are stupid because the same person that's going to save us now is the same person that opened the border for two years Mm -hmm. how stupid do you have to be to reset yeah
3: there you go great point that's uh, look that is a succinct point right there you know what i want you in my congress okay because you you get it uh let's talk to mike mike the reset of the border. Yes. Are you good with
4: that? No. I uh, I wouldn't vote for him if he gave me a million dollars.
3: No. Not even a million? He's,
4: ru- he's ruining this country. Yeah, because if he gave me a million dollars, he'd find a
5: way to take it back before I had a chance to spend it. <laughs> he's ruining this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll quote my 95-year-old father. I can't believe someone hasn't taken him out yet.
3: No, we're not doing that now. We, what, what we would want to see is defeat at the ballot box. You had me all the way up to that point. But the reality is, there are people who will say, hey, Joe Biden is securing the border. This is good. This is a positive development. The State of the Union address will be held on March 7th. Now, let me say something about this. We never had... Such a late State of the Union address. We don't have them in March 7th. I may, maybe we did like the like the 1910s. But in the modern era, March 7th, this is supposed to be you're supposed to give those speeches in January, not in not in March. Although technically, hold on a second. I think I figured out why Joe Biden is going to give the State of the Union in March, because clearly he's trying to live up to the label of March madness. maybe Biden will get new sneakers with special rubber soles so that he doesn't fall over. No, that was somebody who sent in a comment in that regard. But here's the deal. What would an executive order look like? Will he put back into place the programs and agreements that he canceled on the first day in office? That he was determined to do the opposite of Donald Trump no matter what? No inflation? Lots of inflation. No border security, lots of border security. See, he just wanted to go turn all the dials the other direction. And now he realized that, you know what? It was probably not a winner. You know what works. I know what works. Remain in Mexico. In fact, remain in Mexico policy is so unpopular in Mexico that the Mexican government just keeps pointing people into our country because they don't want to have a remain in Mexico policy. So what are we going to do? We're going to do the remain in America policy? remain in America until you're able to get free stuff. And let me tell you about the free stuff that's coming up here. How about if I told you, the mayor of New York City is handing out 1000s and 1000s of dollars to the illegals. And while that's happening, you have Americans who are homeless in that city. Shame. okay th- so this is good um, we've this hour I just want to recap what we've done this hour we we roasted the loser cities like New York City uh, UW Madison is getting rid of the uh, statue of Lincoln because uh, he was a white supremacist apparently and uh, Joe Biden has just fixed I mean he really has let's be honest about this he has fixed the immigration issue because he's going to think about maybe doing an Executive order that is going to uh, secure the border. Now, I really hope, I really hope that they're not so dumb to think that we are going to believe that the border will be secured with 10, 12, 15 million people that have come across the border that are going to stay here. Like, is it one of these deals where Joe Biden is going to say, All right, we've got everybody we need for the project? The project is being completed. We're totally set with this. It's going to be great. And uh, now we'll just shut the doors. Uh, To to me, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is insane. And the problem is there aren't people who can speak truth to power. Do you remember in the days of Donald Trump when he first got elected and you would hear people talk about you have to be able to speak truth to power, speak truth to power? Well, who's speaking truth to power with the president of the United States right now? Anybody have any ideas? I, I don't know what we're looking at, but I can tell you this. Um, we, we are in genuine peril. Here, let me give you another example on the immigration issue. here. The former Obama administration official who was um, responsible for running the directorate of the FBI terrorist screening center, uh, Tim Healy. So he worked for Barack Obama. And he served as the director of the FBI's terrorist screening center. He stated that the number of people on the terror watch list encountered on the border has caused him sleepless nights. And that the numbers are well above that which would have concerned him if he were running the screening center. So Healy says, from my perspective at the terrorist screening center, the last three years, you have had 336 known or suspected terrorists arrested between entry points in the southern border. If you take the past four years, fiscal 17, 18, 19, and 20, you had a total of 14 terrorists that were arrested. So just to understand, in three years, under Joseph Robinet Biden Jr., they have caught 336 known or suspected terrorists. Under under Trump, you had 14 arrested. He said, When I was the director of the terrorist screening center, I had a program. I called it the Gold Program. And every day I was briefed on the encounters. We averaged about 100 encounters a day, and I would have them highlight in gold the ones that weren't pending FBI cases. We'd average one or two a month, so maximum 12 to 24 over the course of a year. And I was concerned about those 24 because those weren't those were encountered in the United States, typically by law enforcement officers unknown to the FBI. That's somebody on that watch list, unknown to us. Now there are 336 plus the Godaways, and that is a significant problem. And here's the real rub that that should mean something to a lot of people. They don't want you to have guns. Well, no, no, no they'll let the Kansas City shooters have guns. Uh, they'll, they'll let they'll let the The criminals who drive around in stolen cars with stolen guns here in Charlotte, they'll let them have guns. But you, as a normal American. What do you mean a normal American, Brett? I mean a normal American. I think we understand what a normal American is. You're a normal American. If you're listening to this program, you're a normal American. You have the right to keep and bear arms, assuming you're not a felon or a felon in possession or underage. But Joe doesn't want you having guns because guns are scary. Guns are frightening, even though Joe Biden famously talked about standing on the balcony and two pumping right there on the uh, on the balcony. Remember when Joe Biden was talking about two pumping? He said, you take a shotgun. If someone's trying to break into your house, you take a shotgun and you two pump it and you fire around off the balcony of your house to send the message. He said that. Nobody ever asked the Secret Service who were guarding him what the reaction might be like if Joe Biden were to go out on his balcony and two-pump it right in front of everybody. Just two-pump that rifle, boom, boom, out go the lights. Do you not know this? Joe didn't know this. You don't go out on your balcony, grab your gun, two-pump it, And then fire it in the air, because you know what will happen? You will have directed fire coming back at the house from the Secret Service agents. But Joe Biden said, hey, you know, after my house burned down, because, you know, I know what it's like to lose a house like Maui. And then my son died and then all all that stuff. um, I told I told my wife. Uh, You know, when you just take the shotgun, you don't need an AR-15. You don't need to hunt a deer with an AR-15. You just need a shotgun with two pumps. And you just do two pumps on the balcony and then boom, boom, uh, out go the lights. That's that's what he was saying. He doesn't want you to have firearms. Now, if you knew for a fact Hamas was in your neighborhood, if you knew for a fact that Hezbollah was in your neighborhood, that that Islamic Jihad was in your neighborhood, and, and they were coming down your block... Are, are, are you going? Who are you going to call? <laughs> are you going to call Kamala Harris? Hi, Kamala. Yeah, it's me. You don't know me. Can you send Doug Emhoff over with a with a pump action shotgun and, and, and to pump it there on, on, on my balcony so that I can scare the bad guys away? Could you possibly do that for me? No. You, you, what, what do you mean? No, no. I don't want to leave a message. I need someone to help me. So we've got all, I mean, we've got these really bad dudes that are coming into the country. I mean, like super bad dudes, like really dangerous people that are coming in, 336 in, in just the last couple of years, and we're not supposed to have firearms. We're not supposed to practice our Second Amendment rights. Are you willing to put up with that? I'm not willing to put up with that. In fact, I have, will not put up with that, and I will not and cannot put up with that because I'm supplying myself with what I need um, should things get a little bit uh, hitchy-skitchy. It's a technical tarp. You can look it up. It's in the manual. It's in the manual in the appendix. It's in the manual in the appendix under the index. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, hour number two, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. This information just coming into us. Vice President Kamala Harris is reportedly working to fix the Biden campaign strategy nine months from election day. Vice President Harris, who's got a favorability rating lower than President Biden, Appears to be positioning herself as an alternative if he decides not to run for re-election before the Democratic National Convention. A majority of voters say there is no chance they would vote for Biden in 2024. The convention is the only feasible route that Harris could take to replace the president, who's 81 years old. Politico, reporting in a three-step process, one. Biden must voluntarily step aside before the DNC. Two, delegates nominate a new candidate at the convention. Three, tie the loose ends. What does tie the loose ends mean? That feels cryptic. Let's dive deeper. While pundits speculate, Harris criticized the Biden campaign for often being in a bubble. Vice President Harris does not like the Biden campaign in the bubble. She aims to rectify the campaign strategy and tactics, according to a recent CNN report. However, some Democrats feel that the campaign is past the point of no return. More than two dozen sources. (laughs) I just this is so they do this and they've been they've been upping it. Every few weeks, I'd be like four sources, say seven sources, say 15 sources, say more than two dozen sources. Tell CNN. I don't I don't think they have two. I don't think they have 24 people working at CNN. That Harris has been gathering information to help her penetrate what she sometimes refers as the bubble of Biden campaign thinking. Hold on a minute. Let's just re Let's reset this. This is this is an important tell of a sentence here. Okay, Harris has been gathering information to help her penetrate what she sometimes refers to as the bubble of the Biden campaign. Thinking, telling people she's aiming to use the intelligence to push for changes in strategy and tactics. And she hopes will put the ticket in better shape to win. Maybe if you're at the top of the ticket, I mean, and I'm being I'm being honest here. I think you would have a better shot at the top of the ticket. I think what you ought to do is crisscross applesauce. I think what you ought to do is you go run at the top of the ticket and you put Joe Biden in as the as the vice president. Why couldn't you do that? You could do that. Make him the vice president. He's got all this experience. You could talk to him like Yoda. He's kind of like Yoda in some ways. If you really think about it, he's a little bit like Yoda. She could talk to him like Yoda hmm strange you ask me this i I mean why not do that i would i would flip it i would flip it into shape shape it up get straight no we're not using that word that the word we will not use that whip it whip it good i mean that's multiple leading democrats anxious about a campaign that they fear might be stumbling past a point of no return says say their conversations with harris have been surprising and welcome change after months of feeling sloughed off by the white house and the biden campaign headquarters in wilmington delaware okay nothing great nothing great nothing great has ever come out of wilmington delaware except the biden's i mean that's What's Wilmington, Delaware famous for? I mean, really. Corporate headquarters. And that's what we got. We got corporate headquarters. So she is uh, concerned about the direction of the strategy. The strategy is not working. Quote, the bedwetting complaints are running thin with people. A person who attended one of the meetings told CNN about the general state of anxiety in Democrat circles. The West Wing and the campaign need to be better. You had every chance in the world to challenge Biden. You had Dean Phillips, who is a guy with both a pulse and only two digits to his name. I mean, two digits to his age. So what are we doing here? What are we what are we doing here? You had a chance to challenge him. You chose not to challenge the guy. You refused to let RFK get in the mix. You refuse to let Dean Phillips get in the mix. And now you're stuck with this guy. Harris is known for word salads. She announced a nationwide tour in December to proclaim the virtues of the abortion agenda with her first stop on January 22nd, the 51st anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Back then, 50, 51 years ago, Joe Biden was 70. I mean, that's really kind of incredible when you think about it. So... So she thinks that she can remake this. I I say give her a chance. Give her. What's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that could possibly happen if you let Kamala Harris run the campaign for a minute? You know, it's 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 good for for her future chances at doing something that I can't quite figure out. But maybe you can. Now, isn't this interesting? In all seriousness, you see the, the brushback she gets for trying to make the campaign work. What does that tell you about the misogyny inside Biden land? There is a pronounced misogyny. Remember what I told you in the last couple of weeks? They've been celebrating the firsts, right? All the firsts, all the firsts, all the firsts. But then they don't turn around and give her anything substantial to do. Why is that? Why are the Democrats so afraid of Kamala Harris breaking through and cutting out of her shell? I think more, more Kamala Harris, the better. More Kamala, more. And, and you know, let's, let's see how this, uh, how this all flies. I think it would be fascinating. I genuinely do. I'm not being a wise guy. 704 570 1110, NewsTalk 1110, 993 WBT. Don't be thinking I think it's going to win. It's not going to win. I just think it's interesting. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WVT. You know, you're not supposed to shoot guns in public uh, around people. I don't know if people understand that. Apparently, uh, in Kansas City, we've now had two adults charged with murder over the terrifying shooting at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. That left one person dead and 22 other people injured. Um uh, Uh, According to the reporting uh, coming out of uh, Kansas City, Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays both face charges of second-degree murder and two counts of armed criminal action and unlawful use of a weapon. They are being held on $1 million bond. The defendants attended the parade and rally on February the 14th and were armed with firearms, said the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office. A verbal altercation occurred and gunfire broke out with no regard for thousands of other people in the area. The charges come just days after two teens were slapped with gun and resisting arrest charges. Those teens were charged as minors. But officials said they could be upgraded to adults in coming weeks. So a total of four people have now been charged in the deadly mass shooting. What are we going to do about people who violate the law? Who take their guns to events and then start shooting in a crowd? What can we possibly do? What can be done about this? Obviously, you. You know what can be done about this. You take people who violate the law, particularly with firearms, and you put them into jail. That's the way you fix it. I mean, there's a reason for a penitentiary. You put people in the penitentiary. Uh, You know, people don't, you know, people don't understand the word penitentiary. Penitentiary. Prison for people convicted of serious crimes. That's what a penitentiary is, a place where you go when you have been convicted of serious crimes. That doesn't mean you get to go out. It doesn't mean you get to run around. It doesn't mean you get to be free as a bird. No, the penitentiary is a place for imprisonment, reformatory discipline or punishment, especially a prison maintained by the U.S. or federal government for serious offenses. People need to go to jail when they shoot guns out in public at innocent people. Like, this is really not hard. If you take criminals and put them in jail, now, you're not going to fix all the problems that are out there, but you know what you're going to fix? The problem with the people that are shooting people In crowded public spaces. You're actually going to just confine them and make sure you're doing it for like 25, 30 years. Like 25, 30 years. It's gotta be substantial enough that these folks will never do this again. But you have to have the will to do that. And in the new America brought to you by Cammy and Joe, we just don't lock people up unless, of course, you go to a protest or or you go to a protest. 704-570-1110. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Let's go to Ralph next up. Ralph, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, Brent. Hope you're having a great afternoon. But you know, uh, Camilla came to this revolution today of this idea when she learned she took out the chewing gum because basically she couldn't think chewing chewing gum. But you know, I think she could energize, be the enema that energizes the Biden campaign to release the lo- uh, law jam in old Joe. That goes clear up to his brain.
3: Well, so so okay. What is she bringing to the table uh, that would that could that could fix this? Is it energy policy? What what are we what are we thinking would be the
4: answer? Uh, she'll giggle. She'll she'll, she'll laugh giggle. and giggle. about G- giggling, it and-
3: giggling is. You gotta do more than giggle. And you know what? And in fairness, actually, I gotta say, has she she hadn't been giggling in a few weeks. I think I think the seriousness of this crisis has gotten her focused because she's like, you know, I got to I got to keep this phony baloney job like they wrote in uh, Blazing Saddles. You know, I can't I can't be getting out there doing something else. I'm the vice president, you know, but I but I, I, I take it under advisement. And I think it's a great uh, possible take there, uh, Ralph. It's very possible. It's possible. I mean, it's it is possible. You know, I, I mean, I, I just look when you when you look at this, this sort of stuff. we have this thing let's be honest here we are catering to the wrong set of people in, 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 broadly speaking, so like we should be catering to law abiding citizens. We should be catering to people who are uh, trying to improve society, broadly speaking, all that sort of stuff. And, and instead, we have we've got this completely inverted. And let me give you a, a, a tremendous example for this. Now, I don't want you to get angry and think about driving down to the station and, and waving your fist because this is this is not I, I didn't do this. This is nothing of my doing. This is what you have to remember, though, when you go to vote. This is the sort of story you have to remember when you go to vote. (sighs) Kept taking a breath because you're going to get mad and I don't want to make you mad in the afternoon. New York migrants receiving cash welfare payments after quiet rule change. The Democrat controlled state of New York has been quietly handing out cash payments to thousands of migrants under a rule change. Qualifying non-citizens for welfare. Billy Scruff, the governor, uh, runs the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance in New York. They modified their safety net assistance, the SNA program's parameters, making migrants who have filled out asylum application forms eligible to receive even more, even more, dollars from the state now there is no money in the state these are federal dollars that are being pushed through the state you have to understand this here okay it is believed that about 10 percent of new york's migrants will receive or are already receiving additional cash benefits over one hundred and seventy-three thousand migrants have poured into new york city alone since the spring of 2022 There are people who are cashing in on this deal. Four point three billion dollars in taxpayer funds. And again, remember, New York doesn't have any of their own money. It's federal money that they are utilizing. It's your tax dollars that they are utilizing. And it's a big deal. How much of a big deal? How much? A lot. The revelation of this drastic rule change comes after New York City Mayor Eric Adams came under fire earlier this month for his plan to distribute $53 million to migrants in the form of prepaid credit cards. Wow. Where's your prepaid credit card? Where is your prepaid money coming in from the feds? You're not getting any of this. You're not. And that's a problem because they are handing out cash money to people. How does that stem the flow of people coming across the border? Well, Joe Biden's going to maybe do a State of the Union uh, executive order at some point that says the border is closed, but we're not going to remove anybody who's already here. 1110-993-WVT, Brett Winterbushet. Let's go out and talk to Steve. Steve, welcome to the program.
6: How are you doing, Brett? I'm well.
3: Thanks for calling.
6: Uh, Yeah, I've been listening for a while. A couple things popped up, but... Uh, for anybody out there who actually believes that taking a shotgun and blasting it off of your balcony is a good idea if you feel threatened, yeah, you'll find yourself in jail and the gun impounded really quickly for doing that.
3: Well, that w- now, um, now, but in fairness, that was Vice President Biden's advice back in the day. So, I, 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 Oh, that, no, 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 no.
6: I remember <laughs> I remember when he first said it, and I thought, how many people are going to get in trouble oh, for thinking that's even slightly legal oof, to do? Oof. I'm taking Conceal carry classes a couple of times and try to keep up with the law and when it's legal, when it's not, and um, yeah, uh, that ain't legal. I mean, you know, <laughs> somebody with a gun—you can't. It, it, it's it's not. It doesn't work like that, unless true. of course you know you're the vice president or the president, and you can get away with anything at all. I mean, you don't have to pay taxes or anything like that. <laughs> um, on another point, I thought Kamala Harris fixed the border. Wasn't she the border czar?
3: Yes, she. Well, she still is the border zone.
6: Yeah, well, she can tell that accomplishment. I mean, that should get her in like Flynn. That's
3: turning out to be a
6: real issue right now.
3: Oh, that's true. That's look. You're you're right about that as well. I mean, there there. Look, here's the thing. It's there's there's a rule in government if you mess up, you move up. And I'm keeping that totally uh, G and PG rated. But if you mess up, you move up uh, in life. And so what did she do? She was tasked with the border. And then she succeeded with the border and is now moving up. She's moving up to campaign manager of the uh, Biden-Harris campaign at this stage of the game, apparently.
6: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, she did she did a great job. Now, I know she was she went down there somewhere to study it back in 2021, somewhere like that. Yes, she did. She Maybe went. She's to, done studying it.
3: She has studied it, but she never did a report. Uh, uh, you know.
6: Oh, she could still be working on the report <laughs> well, now. That, that is that true. Time.
3: Yeah, that is true.
6: Uh, you it'll know, come out right before the election. Right. It'll be right
3: there. <laughs> The Kamala Harris report on the border. This is awesome.
6: <laughs> this is good.
3: You know, I'm old enough to remember like Geraldo Rivera when he would go like into war zones and stuff, and he'd have all like the flak jackets and things on. She should be like down there interviewing people as they come across the border and finding out why are you Why are you here? Well, it, what are you doing? Why are you coming here? I mean, that would have been that would have been awesome.
6: No, it probably doesn't speak Chinese or Ethiopian or well, I, I, I,
3: all of these things are all of these things are can be look they can all be overcome. All you have to have is a Google phone and then you just you talk into it and it translates it. So we could we could we could run this all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Steve. You're, You're phenomenal. I appreciate you being out there today. Nikki Haley comments from Jim. What do you got, Jim? Have you decided you're going to be supporting Nikki Haley?
4: No,
7: not at all. No, absolutely are, not. Are you, I sh- are you sure? I have friends that
3: want to say hello to you. Are you sure? Well, oh, wait a minute. Hello. Hey, say hello. hello. It's You know what? It's a pleasure to meet you. How are
7: you? Well, they say, what are your names?
8: Hi, I'm Geneva, and I, um, I'm i in San Diego right now. I go to SDSU, but
3: I'm from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Oh, you're from Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
8: Yeah, I am.
3: Wow. Look at this.
8: Um, um, we were in an Uber, and we were just talking, and he asked if I need a show, and we said we had to call in.
3: Well, this is great. So, what are you majoring in?
8: Okay, so I'm undeclared right now, but I think I'm going to major in English and hopefully go to
3: law school. Oh, that's look that's a that's a very good uh, aspiration there. You know that that's that's a phenomenal right. aspiration. We hope. And and, who- yeah, and we also have another girl. What's your name?
8: Oh, hi. My name's Tegan. I'm in San Diego as well. I go to San Diego State University, but I'm from. Originally
3: from Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut, the the Nutmeg State. That that's a it's a wonderful place. Uh, Connecticut is.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much.
3: So, what are you majoring in? Yeah, there's.
8: A... I'm majoring in child and family development. Hopefully, to maybe become
3: a teacher at some point. Wow! Listen, the world needs teachers. I mean, and 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 good ones yeah, at that. I know. Need sure.
2: more and more of
3: them. For sure. For sure. Um, That 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 is that is fantastic. You see, this is the connection of talk radio. It's 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 it it spans a a continent. Frankly, I mean, we we are spanning from the uh, these are the future.
7: These girls are the future of our country. So I figured I'd give them an opportunity (laughs) to speak their mind.
3: Well, that listen, that is that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, It it, it is good to it is good to hear from the youth vote uh, out there. Uh, Have you decided how you're going to vote in this upcoming election?
8: Um, I haven't yet. I don't really. I need to do more research. Now that's this good. Is my first time voting. Yeah, this is both of our first times voting.
3: Oh, that's good. Well, do you want to do all the research? I'll talk res- to them. You want to do the research? You want to? You want to look at all this sort of stuff? Yeah, this is great. Um, this is this is really phenomenal. We really this is it's quite something. I'll um, convince them what the right thing to do is, <laughs> Jim. That feels ominous. Yeah. That seems like an ominous thing, Jim. Okay, let's
7: keep it lighthearted. Let's talk about Nikki Haley.
3: Okay, so what did you want to say about Nikki Haley, Jim?
7: Okay, this is what her strategy is. What is happening is that she is running out of money. She doesn't know if she's going to be able to make it to South Carolina. Uh, to for that primary. She had to go out and say something, anything that she could say. She had to come up with some kind of a gimmick why she was even saying anything, mm-hmm. because it's going to draw just enough money, anything, anything she can get to get her machine to South Carolina. That's all she's, she's doing. And like I she, said, she's,
3: in, she's already in she's South Carolina. She's
7: going to get to South Carolina. She's, <laughs> she's going to bury her campaign with as much sympathy as she can get. Wait
3: a minute. She's already in South Carolina. She's, she was... She's campaigning in South Carolina as we speak because you've got an event coming up on Saturday, which is the which is the vote for the uh, for the primary. Yeah, and
4: and yeah, but she might
7: re- she might run out of money even before the primary. That's what's going on. Even and- though everybody's there, there's catering, there's in- uh, uh, audio sound equipment that has to be set up, paid mm-hmm. for. There's mm-hmm. payroll that has to be made. She doesn't even know if she has enough money to make it.
3: Well, we're going right. to keep an eye on that. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens with that. But here's the other thing, Jim. I don't know if you know this or not, but right across the border in Rock Hill at Winthrop University, President, uh, former President Trump is going to be campaigning uh, in South Carolina just over the line <laughs> on uh, on 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 Friday night.
7: Yeah, that's going to it's a, a, a uma, on, that's going to be a very uh, uneven contest. You can see people lining up or. On the roads with signs waving at the uh, f- former president as he goes in. There's going to be so much energy uh, yeah. that uh, it's it's not going to be pretty. But she's going to put put the uh, best face on it uh, until the bitter end, until the last minute when she has to declare that uh, she's dropping out.
3: Well, listen. This is phenomenal. This is, this is a phenomenal experiment that we're watching unfold in, in real time. I want to congratulate the two uh, young ladies who are uh, obviously off to a very good start uh, in life. Uh, we wish you all the best success. And, uh, and, and I do appreciate you joining us via, via the gym line uh, today.
7: All right. Say goodbye.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you uh, on the program with me. Hashtag gym line.
0: I was going to ask, uh, you know, give us the code word if you're not it. Hold on a you second. Know, just in case. I w-
3: see, I was going to say blink once. Just in- blink twice. Is like <laughs> code I-
0: word avocado. If no, the code not word say- is
3: not avocado. Oh. That was last week's code oh, word. Oh, crap. I think Cinnabon is this week's. Gotcha. Talk 1110 993 WBT good to be with you today 704-570-1110 so um you know have you you probably been to a wedding or two or ten uh in your life uh, depending on on the age uh, of, of of the crew an Ohio couple held their wedding in an unusual venue a Kentucky gas station's viral disco bathroom Logan Abney and Tiana Aylstock, who live in the Cincinnati area, exchanged vows in the bathroom at the Hops Shops location in Verona. The store bathroom went viral online for a big red button that causes a disco ball to switch on and dance music to play. Tiana. From the first dance in this disco bathroom to this moment, I vow to hop through life with you, through the funk beats and the mellow melodies. Every rhythm in life, Abney said in his vows. The couple pressed the red button at the end of the ceremony to share their first dance. Quite something. Andre, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Andre?
4: Yeah, how's it going, boss?
3: Uh, It's going very well today. How are you?
4: Good, man. Yeah, that was, that was a very, very nice call that you had with those uh, gentlemen, those two young ladies that are getting their education. And I just had a bit of advice for them as they do their research, and I hope that they will certainly consider character being a main ingredient of the people they choose to vote for. Mm-hmm. Because it seems that character is now gone by the wayside, and that's probably the most important thing in a candidate that I feel should be uh, evaluated and that's it boss
3: all right I appreciate the call Um, that's uh, that's an interesting take character is a very important component it is a very very component uh, important component you want to make sure somebody is going to be looking out um, for your best interests but there is no substitute for you looking out for your best interests at the same time That's what we have been conditioned in this country to do, I think, is is woefully inadequate because we vote for presidents the way people uh, at a different time in in life would would be seeking salvation. And we should never rely on a politician to replace uh, anything for you that relates to your salvation. There has only been one perfect person that has walked the earth and, uh, they crucified him, but he was resurrected. And I do believe that we will see him, uh, again in, in, in glory. But the fact of the matter is we ascribe far, far too much, uh, to these politicians that run for office, Republican, Democrat, whoever it is, uh, these are people that are supposed to be managers. They're supposed to be managers of uh, the the federal government, just like a governor is supposed to manage the state government with the obviously the consultation um, and and approval of the legislature, just like in the in the presidential picture. But we, we expect far too much from people who run for the presidency of the United States in, in all reality, in all reality. Um, they're, they're probably not going to pick up Andre's call or Brett's call or, or anything like that. They're, they're just not going to be, they're, they're just not going to be interested. If you show up with a huge bucket of money, they'll pay closer attention to you. No doubt about that. But you know, it's just, it's one of those things. I'm a general Zer. I love living in a remote cabin without heat or running water, um, According to an urban myth, Gen Z's are entitled soft and need all the creature comforts of modern society to survive. But at least one woman is bucking that idea and getting back to basics. A 19 year old woman is showing her peers and the older generations that living life on the edge without any comforts that you'd expect from a modern lifestyle is a great path to take. She is Karma Wilcox. And she has returned to living without running water and central heating. And she says it's given her back a sense of freedom she didn't have when she was living in bustling cities. The California woman has returned to the Alaskan log cabin where she was raised by her dad until she was eight Before she moved back with her mother, Misty, age 38, a life coach in San Francisco, and despite temperatures bottoming at minus 24 Fahrenheit around her cabin in Homer, she says she's content now after being persuaded to return by dad, Luna, age 43, who is the creator of the altruist relief kitchen, which works with people in war-torn areas. So she has decided to get back to the roots or to the roots, depending on uh, what you're hearing. Wilcox told uh, the news uh, outlet, the insulation is not the best. The logs are cut down and layered around the cabin with moss, with sticks nailed in between them to keep some warmth. My main source of heating is firewood, which is on 24-7. And I go through about a box of logs a day. The cabin looked very different when I lived there before. My dad fitted a new roof. I am not living in a cabin. I mean, I'm not living in a cab ca- in Alaska, in Homer, Alaska? Count me out. Count- I mean, if you want to go live in it, you gotta go to a warmer climate. I mean, you, you, could, you could die laying in a cabin twenty-four degrees below zero? Come on. No good. I'm I'm all for bear grills and all that sort of stuff. I don't even know what that is. But I mean I, you know, bear grills. Or partially closed grills, I mean, I'm good with either one, but the fact of the matter is i'm not laying I'm not laying in a in a cabin and by the way, you know one of the things that people don't realize, especially you people in the lower forty eight well, a... like 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 I'm not yeah. um they have uh they have earthquakes up in Alaska, Yeah, big ones, like seven point twos uh, 6.9s. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Sounds like Olympic voting, but the reality is they have big time, big time problems with earthquakes. And you know what? No good. If I'm in a log cabin and and the ground is moving, hold on. Get me out of here. Get me to the airplane. I ain't got time to take a fast train. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Brett Witterbull. Bo Thompson joining us on the uh, crossing of the streams. Brought to you by PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. It's good to have you back, Bo Thompson. How are you?
5: Doing well. Good to be here as always.
3: I want to I want to praise you for something from earlier in the show today, uh, and I'm and I'm really uh, happy that that you uh, you had. Uh, Mr. Rakowski uh, on on the show with you today talking about all the great stuff that's coming up in the summer, because my orientation is summer. Like I love summer. Summer's my favorite thing. And so when I start hearing conversations about Sky Show and baseball, I get excited because it means summer is on the way, Bo Thompson. And that that to me was was a fantastic conversation you had with him.
5: it's always great to see Dan Rakowski. He's been a a great partner uh, with the station. Uh, He, of course, uh, heads up the Charlotte Knights organization down the street. And, uh, yeah, we had him in this morning to – I know it's February, and I know it's cold outside, and and it seems like a long time away, but it's really not that far away. Sky Show 2024, and it's going to be back on July 4th like it always is, except – Every once in a while, it's not because we we have to move it around <laughs> according to the baseball schedule. But but most of the time, mm-hmm. it's July fourth. And even when it's not, you know, we know why we're doing it, right? Sure. But uh, yeah, it's going to be July fourth this year. It's going to be against Jacksonville, uh, the Jumbo Shrimp there at Truist Field. Awesome. And uh, WBT will be there like we always are. And um, so that was the official announcement today, along with some of the other announcements that they've made public this week. I think they're going to have uh, Bartolo Colon, the pitcher, out there. They're going to have Johnny Damon this summer, and uh, they do a great job with not only, you know, our our uh, our team effort of Sky Show, but they do a great job of having some really cool people uh, in conjunction with uh, with the great baseball. And as as Dan was saying today, I mean, the the biggest drawing point, as you know, Brett, mm-hmm. is uh, the atmosphere and the city lights in the background, and yep. it's a uh, it's a great time in the summertime to uh, to be a Charlatanian.
3: Uh, without without a doubt, it's a beautiful venue, and uh, at night, it's 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 incredible. Uh, so let's talk about another big announcement an announcement from Nikki Haley who came out and said i'm I'm sticking with this for the long run I mean what what do we expect moving forward off of off of this uh, battle royale between her
5: and the uh, former president I was surprised I mean you and I talked about it this morning it, it it seemed to make sense that maybe she would uh you know get out of the race today before what looks like a uh, looks like it's not going to be a very good day for her on on Saturday. Maybe maybe uh, maybe she got intel that it's going to be better than uh, a lot of mm-hmm. us uh, would think based on the numbers you're seeing, and, and and so maybe maybe that's why she said what she said and doubled down today. You know, I, I was talking to uh, Ralph Norman, the congressman who is uh, one of her highest profile supporters uh, in South Carolina, and uh, he uh, said that he'd been with her you know, as recently as last night and had no indication. So, um, she, she marches on. Now, what I do find interesting is, and, and, and I've been in and out this afternoon. I don't know if you've talked about this, but Ron DeSantis is uh, holding a, a media availability <laughs> in the South Carolina state house in about seven minutes. He's mm-hmm. supposed to do it at five fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that's about. I mean, we know that when he dropped out of the race, he endorsed Trump, um, but it is interesting that Ron DeSantis would be uh, taking questions in South Carolina, you know, a few days before the primary. So that's something to watch uh, within the next uh, little bit.
3: I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he may end up being a surrogate for Trump to go after Haley, because the, the thing that struck me today, Obviously, she had a very poignant moment when she was speaking about about her husband being on the other side of the world and the challenges that the family faces in that regard. And I think anybody with, with a heartbeat in, in them can understand, you know, that that is, that that is certainly an emotional roller coaster when you've got someone who, who you're with who is uh, in potentially in harm's way. Uh, but But I'm wondering if she decided she's not going to get out of this because Trump is going to be coming in on Friday night at, at Winthrop and doesn't want to give him the benefit of, uh, of, of spike in the football in her state. Uh, I I just, I wonder if that may have been part of the thinking.
5: Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, I, I thought um, perhaps she was going to duck out today so that she didn't have to to do the, um, you know, do a concession speech with all the media in in her home state on, on, on Saturday, because you know, uh, if all goes away, the numbers, look-
3: oh, you're breaking, you're breaking, you're breaking up there, my friend. Uh, hold on one second. Let's see if we can get the line cleaned up. Uh, Bo, are you there? I hear me? Oh yeah. We're getting like, it's, it's a, uh, it's uh, like a jamming uh, device or something. It's uh it's, it's crackling. It's crackling. It's like kind of weird. It's like a loose wire. Yeah, it's weird. That's what it kind of sounds like. Oh, let's try it again. Bo, are you there?
5: I'm here now. You Can you hear me?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You sound good now.
5: I don't know what happened. That I, was really uh, I weird. I'll like tell you that I I drove through a uh, tunnel but I'm not in the car. Okay. So. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were saying about 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 the Winthrop uh, about uh her and Winthrop and, and all of that.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, she's uh I don't know. I, I mean Saturday, Saturday night you would think that um if the numbers end up playing out the way they look right now, she wouldn't want to be doing a concession speech uh, while Trump is spiking the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe I thought today she was going to duck out a few days early, but she doubled down. And, um, you know, I also thought when I first saw the, the news about DeSantis, I thought, yeah, could DeSantis be endorsing her? And then I realized, then I went back and remembered he, when, yeah. he, when he ducked out that day, he immediately endorsed Trump. So I thought for a moment, though, maybe Nikki Haley has got some um, ace of the whole here, and she's going to team up with DeSantis, but unless he, uh, uh, endorses or goes back on his endorsement of Trump, that's not happening in a few minutes. So, you know, it's, it, it's definitely going to be interesting because, um, you know, the longer she stays in it, she, she sort of adopts mm-hmm. the role of, of Chris Christie and, and remains that person out there that is still willing to, um, to go against the grain within the Republican Party against Donald Trump. And, um, you don't, you don't foresee uh, 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 the two of them teaming up no. the longer this goes on, but she's got a she's she's got her reasons, so it is fascinating.
3: Yeah, it sure it sure is. And then finally, the end of an era coming to Madison Square Garden. Uh, a, a close is is happening. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, Billy Joel talking to Colbert. Uh, I think last night.
0: We've been there for ten years, and I don't want to outstay my welcome. Uh, I thought you know better to leave before they kick you out, but it was. It was a, It's a great gig. It's, it's a great venue. The acoustics are great. It's our home. We've been there for a long time. I tell you what, we were playing stadiums a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stadiums, and you go back to the garden. and it's like, oh, our club.
3: 150-plus shows, man. I mean, that's pretty wild there, Bo Thompson.
0: And the
5: last few, he has a new song to play. I mean, I cannot—I am such a fan of his new song, Turn the Lights Back On. And then uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Brad, but I was talking about it with Zoki this morning. He's released a video to that song now, oh, and yeah. for the first time, I'm in favor of the de aging CGI technology because it's finally been used to a degree yep. where uh, it works. So if you if you haven't seen the video to his new song, uh, go check it out ASAP it's because amazing. as great as the new song is, the video just doubles down, and it's. To me, the coolest thing that's happened in music in a long time.
3: I'm I'm with you on that 100. Uh, the way they the way they they're able to create him at those younger ages uh, and the different phases in his life, and even down to the point of the very first uh, piano he's playing is a basically it's not it's not even a brand piano. And then into the rest of the journey, it's it's all Steinway Steinway and Sons. It was really it's there there are a lot of subtleties in that in that song that I. It's a very powerful song.
5: Absolutely. What do you
3: got coming up on the show tomorrow, my friend? Hey,
5: Beth Troutman's back tomorrow. We start at 6 a.m. We'll have Pat McCrory in the studio for the final hour. And, uh, you know, some of these things we're watching here you and I are talking about. uh, Perhaps we'll we'll know know what uh, Ron DeSantis is up to in a few minutes. And the latest on Nikki Haley and uh, the battle towards uh, South Carolina this weekend. we got it all starting at 6 a.m.
3: Big stuff. Appreciate you, Bo Thompson. We'll talk in the morning, my friend. News Talk, Left hand, 99.3 WVT. Epic Times with a report that says Trump will become the presumptive nominee in the next four weeks, campaign says. I think that's probably
4: obvious. Wayne, welcome to the program.
3: Wayne, what's on your mind?
4: Yeah, I just wanted uh, to say I just don't believe Nikki Haley can get 75 million votes. Trump got 74 million votes, Mm -hmm. lost the election. That's seven or eight more million votes than he got the first time he won. Mm-hmm. That is actually um, four or five more million votes than Barack Obama ever got. Mm-hmm. He, he got more votes anybody in the history of the Republican Party or Democratic Party, and lost the election. That's why January sixth happened because somebody they couldn't people couldn't figure out the math. They couldn't believe that Joe Biden got eleven or twelve more million votes than Barack Obama did. So. If, if Trump don't win, I just will never believe in another election. Well, here's what here, here's
3: the thing it's, that's interesting, though. We, we have to—okay, I, and I understand what you're saying, but remember, this was the first time we had an election where people were mailing ballots in.
4: Okay. Yeah, I, I don't believe all that. We had 100,000 people to die, most people in the hospital, most people not wanting to leave their house. Right, right, right. But I, I, but I believe there should have been less numbers at the polls. But what, I, I'll no, never believe that. You, you never make me believe there was twenty more million votes. I, I don't know. In I mean, the twenty I, election I, than the twenty sixteen election. Yeah, election. but I
3: don't. I don't know what the. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the numbers shake out. But my well, look
4: pl- at them, partner. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's why I did no-
3: If you're not going to have a conversation, I'm hanging up on you, Wayne. Okay. I, I am an incredibly patient host. I'm trying to have a conversation. You're stomping all over me, and I, I, I don't think that that is very productive for the audience. So that, let the record reflect. It took me four years to get to this point where, like, I am attempting to have a conversation, and I'm getting snickered at when I'm trying to make a, a serious point. I mean, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. That's it. You know what you're going to get now? I'm going, to, I'm going to read the Constitution on the air. I am going to read the Constitution. I got a copy of the Constitution right here. I will read the Constitution on the air in its entirety, slowly. But I see, I'm not going to do that because I got Lee Brown coming on the show, and I don't want to have to bump Lee Brown for, you know, Constitution talk. I'm trying to have a conversation. I mean, am I wrong? I'm trying to have a conversation. The guy's like, you're never going to, I'm not going to believe it. Okay, well, you don't believe me. I'm not, there's nothing to believe me about. I was just explaining you have a lot more votes swashing around there because you had people mailing ballots in. How do I know? I get them to this day. TJ, I've brought them in. I have shown people, I get a California ballot like every three months. I have them stacked up. I am making a collage of the socialist state of California's ballots. And I'm going to put it in my den. And I'm going to use a a heavy-duty stapler to affix them to the wall. Because it's insane. So let me continue with what I was saying before I was cut off. There were millions of ballots that went out. Millions of ballots that went out. How many voters are there in the United States of America in in, in 2020? How many people are registered to vote? I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the number is. We have 340 million people in the country. So if you want to say like, what, 150 million ballots? What would that number be? It would be 70 and 80, right? It would be 70 and 80. Uh, You add that up, what do you have in terms of those numbers? I I don't know. But I do know that it's time to flip the switch from 2020, which was four years ago. And you need to focus on the current threat. The best thing that could have happened to... We, the American people, was to see Joe Biden in action. And I know that sounds like an incredibly undermining sort of an argument, but look, you gave the guy, not, not you, Wayne, and not me, they gave the guy the go sign and he became the president and he destroyed large swaths of the American dream. He opened the border. He turned his back on the people in the military at the Abbey Gate. He left weapons all over Afghanistan. He created inflation. He basically destroyed every great American city that exists. You want to know why your city is still okay here in Charlotte? Do you have any idea why Charlotte is still functioning as a city? It's because it's not a sanctuary city. You don't live in a sanctuary city. You do not live in a sanctuary city. You have illegal migrants walking around. But you, you are not like New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia or any of those other places. You are in a place that is still functioning. Go to those cities and look at the miss and malfunction that is going on in these different communities. It is a disaster. It is a disaster. What this guy did to the American dream, what he did to the American dream was he defaced the American dream. And we have an opportunity in this upcoming election to restore the American dream. You see the people in Chicago who are screaming at that socialist nutjob mayor because he's handing out money as quickly as he can to everybody that he can, except for the people who actually voted for him. Same thing in New York, same thing in California, same thing around this country. We are in deep trouble and we got to get off this 2020 fixation. You know what it's like? It's like wearing your letterman's jacket 15 years after you graduated high school. You got to be on to the future and whatever happened in 2020, someday we'll find that out. We might find it out sooner before, sooner rather than later. But the fact of the matter is, you got a battle in front of you. And if you want to keep looking backwards, that's fine. But if you want to have a conversation about moving forward, I'm all in. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show. Great to be with you. Happy to welcome to the program somebody who I I haven't really been able to have a conversation with since uh, our debate uh, event just a few weeks ago. Lee Brown joining us. She is a candidate for District 8. And uh, it's great to have you on the show today, Lee. Thanks for coming by.
8: Well, thank you, Brett. I'm just hoping you're still all spiced up, and we're going to dig into the Federalist Papers. What are we going to do now?
3: No, I was doing—I was going to do the Constitution, but then I realized, you know, I—I I think we'll just we'll set that in uh, off to the side for the purposes of this conversation. So let me ask you a question, though. Okay, as you envision uh, winning this seat, going to Washington, D.C what what would be the first couple of things that you would want to try to accomplish uh, once you're sworn in, you're acclimated, all that sort of stuff? What, what, what are the priorities for Lee Brown uh, in D.C.?
8: Well, the priorities would be on two fronts, right? So the first one is, as a freshman, you have to build relationships. And so I'd be setting up coffee and lunch dates with as many members as possible to start building those Friendships and coalitions, so I can drive good ideas forward. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, I believe I've got to sign on as quickly as possible to strong border strengthening, Mm -hmm. as in enforce the legislation we already have. I'm really tired of all the conversation about needing new bills. We really have to enforce what we have. But of course, the reforms are necessary as well. I'll get involved in that. I will be involved in also some things that don't seem very sexy, but we have some problems in real estate and. I think Mm -hmm. our listeners, especially here in the Charlotte area, know how much of our housing stock has been purchased by hedge funds and institutional investors, Mm -hmm. and it's really boxing our kids and grandkids and our first-time buyers out of the market. I think Congress is going to have to make some moves when it comes to BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard on these housing purchases. Mm -hmm. I will lead that forward. I'm also going to be looking at the spending because – it's crazy. My household doesn't run like this. My business doesn't run like this. And if somebody's going to ask me for money, Brett, I want to know where it goes. That's I right. I want to see how my dollars are behaving. And so I had a very interesting conversation with a gentleman yesterday at the polls for early voting. And He's very in favor of funding for Ukraine, and he asked why I was not. And I said, because we have $200 billion that are running loose in the wild, and we don't know where they've gone. Mm -hmm. I said, if you want me to say yes to any funding, I need to know where the existing spending has gone and if it's been fruitful. If it has, my goodness, we'll have a conversation. But something tells me that those
3: dollars are not being utilized wisely. Uh, Listen, uh, amen to everything you've just said. So I want to go back to the real estate Component here because this is this is a hugely important thing. We we have people who genuinely believe the American dream uh, is, is in jeopardy because you have multi generational uh, 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 living situations. People were you know they can't save money by renting an apartment uh, and, and sock it away so that they can then purchase a home at some point like that. What about this? Because really, at the end of the day. The only thing government can do is to regulate, and regulation has, has driven people, I think, out of, out of the marketplace, especially those, those new household formations. Talk a little bit about the American dream and, and, and what it is that you would like to see happen there in Washington.
8: Well, it's one of the advantages I bring to the race, Brad, is that I've spent my career in real estate, and what a lot of folks don't know is that real estate is the fifth largest component of our national GDP. It's a really big deal, even though HGTV and Selling Sunset really minimize how important it is. Mm -hmm, But then you look around our community, we have first responders. We have teachers. They can't afford to live where they work. And if we want our community to get stronger, the police will tell you they have a better time enforcing the law if they are part of the community. Teachers will tell you they have more success in the classroom if they're around the families. Well, we're setting it up right now where... We do have some electeds who have said, well, they can just go to another county and drive in. Okay, well, that's not right. We don't right. want to build mm-hmm. a, an economy that's only built for one group. And one of the things that's always made this area so attractive is that we've had a broad diversity of housing, not just of price points, but of styles. And there's a little something for everyone. You know, you mentioned multi generational. That's really important to some folks. And then there's others that just want a little condo where nobody knows if they're home or not. And then you've got people who want their luxury home on the golf course. And that's the beauty of real estate is that it should have a free market ability to provide something different for everyone. But what's driving this away is the cost is getting away from our people. And that's not just a federal problem. It's also a local problem when you look at the new Charlotte UDO, which is a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the permitting and regulatory burden that hits housing, it doesn't hurt some people, but others, it just boxes them out of the market. Now, where the feds can get involved in this, I think it does go to this hedge fund problem we have. Yep. Brent, there's an estimate that 30% of our housing stock in the greater Charlotte area is owned by some hedge fund or institutional investors. Wow. wow. And, the, and the people that don't believe me on that, I tell you to look in the tax records and look at all the LLCs that own things because they title them each one in a different little LLC, so it's very hard to track. And I'm a transparency person. I don't like that kind of foolishness. Sure. Because it makes it harder for our community. And our buyers know this. The last four years of COVID market that's run up our prices. Some folks have benefited. Others have been in 14, 15, 16 wars, and they're doing their level best to save a down payment. They got Mm -hmm. their credit up. They want to be in their home. They want the American dream, but they lose out to a hedge fund, which pays all cash, closes whenever the sellers want to close and has no inspections. And to the home seller, as the agent, I beg them, please consider mm-hmm. the owner-occupant who will make our community better. But they look at the ease and the money of the investor, and, and they go that route, and you can't even blame them. So I think there's going to have to be something done, because our our system doesn't work without private property rights. Go back to where you were getting spicy about the Constitution. Yes, One of the primary things our founding fathers wanted people to have here. Was a chance to own property. That's right. Because so they didn't have that over in Europe. It was something for the nobility and the serfs and the peasants had no chance. Over here, they envisioned a country where everybody could have a chance. That's and right. it's just the core of what makes America work. And I want to be a voice that reminds people of that. And in fact, I want constituents from the district to go to D.C. with me and testify on the floor of Congress about what their home means to them. And why we should be very vigilant about protecting the American dream.
3: It's very interesting because you have the hedge fund side of the of the equation, and you've got HUD on the on the other side of the equation. And there is <laughs> and there is nobody advocating for the moms and the dads and the new families and the and, and and that sort of stuff. And and I think you know you would be a very valuable voice in, in that regard, uh, uh, Lee. I, I I really do. I think it, there are people who write all this regulation. But they don't understand it, and they don't understand what they're doing, uh, and and what the what the long term implications are, like the way you're talking about.
8: Well, you know, there's good money that can be spent. So when I want, when I want to cut spending, I want to be very clear that there are good expenditures, and then there are wasteful expenditures. There is so much waste in the Department of Education. I don't know how you save it right now, but that put handcuffs on our. School boards during the COVID era because they were afraid of losing their funding. Right. The same thing happens in every department, including agriculture, where oddly enough, USDA loans are housed. And for a lot of your listeners, they might not know that the USDA has a mortgage program that is a one hundred percent program so somebody can get into a house with no down payment as long as they have a reasonable credit score and income. And that applies to our areas that are rural in nature. And it's been a huge key to rural home ownership. Well, that sits in the Department of Ag. That's good spending. Yeah. I want to see more programs like that that encourage home ownership for people who have the credit score and the income. They're doing it the right way. They need the hand up instead of the hand out, and that is where we can start helping the each county get into a better position because homeowners are the best thing for a community, Brett. Just like when a business grows to the point where they buy their commercial property, that's when they start hiring more people. That's That's when they put capital back into the building and everything starts to expand from there. And we want to make sure that the regulations in place encourage expansion, not for expansion's sake, but smart expansion. And they're not in the way of business owners or neighbors who just want to have a chance at financial stability through homeownership.
3: ownership. Uh, Lee Brown, so good to have you on the program. Where do people go to get more information about Lee Brown?
8: Well, they can go to LeeBrownForCongress.com. You can follow me on Twitter, where I get a lot spicier. <laughs> and, of course, I'm on all the social networks. I'm very accessible, approachable, and transparent because I think that's what we need in our elected officials, that they remember they work for us and not the other way around.
3: Go get them. I appreciate you coming on the program today. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a pleasure. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Winterbill Show. It's good to be with you today. All right. I uh, I want to play for you some sound. I, I, I just think this is so spectacular that Kevin O'Leary has decided to go to war uh, against the state of New York. I'm going to start with, uh, I'm calling an audible here. I'm going to start with uh, cut number 13 first. Cut 13. This is the governor of New York telling people, don't worry, we only wanted to target Donald Trump in this lawsuit. Go.
8: I know many of the business people in New York City, and by and large, they are honest people and they're not trying to hide their assets, and they're following the rules. And so this judge determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules. He was prosecuted, and truly the governor of the state of New York does not have a say in the size of a fine. I think that this is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior.
3: So that's that's Billy Goats Grove. Um She hangs out under the bridge. That's the governor of New York, and uh, Kevin O'Leary. I-, I like Kevin O'Leary a lot. He's uh, Mister Mr., uh, Mr., Mister Mister Wonderful. Uh, cut number ten. This is what he's saying to the state of, uh, of New York and other states like it. Go,
0: I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this? that I'm talking about.
3: So he's saying New York is a loser state. There are other loser states as well. Cut number eight. Check it out.
0: I think he can do it. But I I, I don't think this case is about Trump anymore at all, because you heard the governor of New York come out yesterday and say, look, everybody, uh, don't be scared about doing business in New York, uh, because the only people we prosecute are people like Donald Trump who don't behave well. That didn't go over very well with the investment community, because we're all asking each other, who's next? This was a victimless crime. Nobody lost any money. And a judge out of nowhere put on a $355 million penalty.
3: So it's a loser state. They're losers. And uh, it's, it's not funny anymore. I would rather get yelled at by, by Kevin O'Leary than get yelled at by Rick Pitino. Because what he said about his basketball team is pretty remarkable.
9: I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year. But this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game, and that's it. Fini- uh, just try to get as many wins as you possibly can and represent St. John's in the best fashion you can. I mean, like, it's Rick Pitino. I mean, he's
3: got his own baggage that he's had throughout, throughout time. I cannot wait to deploy that on coach tomorrow because I, I need him. I, need, I, I will need the coach to break down that whole thing. The fact that you're just throwing these guys under the bus because they can't move laterally and it took them a month, no, two months to get the bounce pass. <laughs> wow. That's brutal. I can't lie. That's brutal. And you know, you gotta take those nice shots.
4: The baby, the baby, the baby. We can't stop here. This is bad country. That is a stoch. Cut out the jibber-jabber. Don't be babbling like a fool. Say what you got to say. That's all. Then shut your dang pow hole.
9: The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. 4 oh. p.m.
3: Talk 1110 993 WBT Brett Waterville Show. Good to be with you. So, how is it? It's good. It's been a good show today. I want to invite you exclusively to be a part of this hour 704 570 1110. Exclusive opportunities to be a part of this last hour of the program. Uh, we have um, decided, we had a meeting at the top of the hour, and we decided you need to be a part of this program so please uh, feel free to uh, to join us this is the sort of story that kind of gets me kind of kind of gets me uh, wondering about stuff how far can gyms go in monitoring their members the crossover of privacy and technology in fitness centers is a growing concern particularly When biometric data is involved, see, this is why I'm never going to put like a chip in me. I'm never going to do a chip, a thing, a biometric thing. I I don't want that because, first of all, I don't want people knowing about all of my specialness. Now, I know what you do. You're laughing. You're saying, well, wait, wait a minute, your specialness. If they can get your biometric data, they can make a better you than you. No good. No good. I'm paleo. I'm not a neo guy. I'm a paleo guy. I'm going old school. You want me to have ID? I'll give you my ID. You can look at my ID, but you're going to hand it back to me. Biometrics, scanning your eye, scanning your thumbprints, any of that sort of stuff. Count me out. I am proud to be, I really am, I'm proud to be a paleo guy. I'm a paleo guy. But it doesn't mean that I'm a Luddite. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of technology. It doesn't mean any of that sort of stuff. I just don't want my, 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 my private stuff known. Nobody should. Look, we live in a society where far, far too much is shared. Can can we and maybe you disagree? I'll put you right to the front of the line. If you think sharing is caring, that's fine. That's that's you. But I feel like we share way too much stuff, way too much stuff. I I always kind of liked the mystery of my friends um, who we would have conversations about things. And I would try to kind of figure out divine kind of what they thought about this or that. And there are some things, let's be honest, and, and, and I'm serious about this. This is not shtick. This is not like, you know, a weird take. We share way too much. And what happens is you demystify life. Like, I, I think it's really interesting to have conversations with people where I ask them a lot of questions, but I don't volunteer anything. And if they ask me questions, I will answer, but I'm not going to give away the whole The whole kit and caboodle. That's not what I'm going to do. I believe it's up to each and every one of us to maintain our privacy and the mystery of things. I I think that's really good. The minute you go go into an office or you go into a a company, a school, whatever it is, and you just start just flinging all your drama around on everybody and everybody's got to hear the drama and be a part of the drama very uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable when when you're sitting in the room trying to get your business done here in other people's business and and I mean I'm talking about there's a lot of stuff that is not left to mystery and I and you know and I and I, I miss I miss those days I, I miss those days uh, I, I like the idea of, of the mystery stuff I uh, you know I I, I I can't help it I, I'm an old-school guy and I'll give you an example of an old-school guy okay I'm not not an old guy. I'm an old school guy. Summer 2024 cannot come soon enough. Why, you ask? Why, you ask? It's not an exaggeration to say that humanity had to endure one of the darkest days in modern history in the summer of 2022. When the ice cream overlords at Klondike announced that they would be discontinuing the iconic Choco Taco the choco taco over the past two years we've experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across the portfolio and have had to make a very tough decision to ensure availability of the full portfolio nationwide a klondike representative told food and wine at the time adding that discontinuing a beloved item was a necessary unfortunate part of the process well guess what's happening now they are they they are they are looking to bring back the choco taco they are looking to perfect the Choco Taco-inspired recipes out there. Uh, there, there, is, there. There is a possibility that the Choco Taco will be coming back. And that's important because some people enjoy eating the Choco Taco. I don't like to see stuff go away. I like to see stuff added to. That's what I am. I'm not a cutter. I'm an adder. That's, 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 my, that's my take. Stan, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Stan? Yeah, how's it going today,
10: Brett? I am doing great. How are you? Well, well, uh, well, I wanted to ask you a question. I was watching the uh, Greg Gutfeld show last night. Yes, sir. And with this thing about Donald Trump, it was their lead story about the 355 whatever 1000000 dollars verdict that it is. Yes. And somebody in the group asked the question, and they all pondered it, but nobody had a good answer. And that is, normally in a court case, Mm -hmm. somebody's suing somebody else. Right. So when the verdict comes down, the people who are making the charge get the money. Yes. In this case, there is no victim. So where does all the money go? It goes. It, it, it goes to
3: the state of New York. It goes to the state of New York, which means it's probably going to go to migrants. But yeah, it goes to Good. the it goes to the state of New York because they. They were the people that brought the charge. They were the people that success, successfully, I mean, as of now, it could be reversed on appeal. Um, but they are going to be the people that will be the beneficiaries of that.
10: So basically what they do is they're in all the illegal immigrants and they need money to pay for them. And then they take successful yeah. business people, yeah. sue them, and then take that money to pay for all the illegal yeah. immigrants.
3: So they let you. Yeah, I mean, basically that's what it is, because remember, uh, uh, Tish James, Letitia James, vowed to bankrupt Donald Trump and she made good on the promise to the socialist Marxist wackos in the city of New York and in the state of New York. And really, it's not even the state of New York. It's the city of New York because the city of New York has had it in for Trump for a very, very long time. Um, That city is no longer a great city. It is a fourth class, fifth class um, sort of city. Uh, I, I, it's one of my favorite places that I ever lived in my entire life, and I wouldn't set foot in that city if you if you forced me with uh, with, with with inducements. I would I would so, I would wh- refuse to wh- go if, back there. In the case of this,
10: now Donald Trump can appeal, but if he appeals, he has to come up with the.
3: He has, to bond, he has to bond the $355 million so that if he loses, they take the money immediately, yes.
10: But that, but, but that's going to force him to sell uh, assets because nobody, even Donald Trump, doesn't have it laying around that much money laying around in cash. Well,
3: what, so, w- well, what he's got to do is he's got to provide for the $355 million, okay? So he doesn't have to liquidate yet, but he has to say, look, this building is worth 200 million and this thing is worth five, you know, 50 million and whatever and build together a, a a bond so that like he can't now just go sell the buildings and stick it to the state. He has to, you know, basically put them in escrow until after the decisions are made and then they'll then they'll just grab they'll just grab the, the stuff if, if he's not able to prevail.
10: Okay, now dude, I do have to tell you, ask you one question. What are you think about my man William Byron winning this today? I knew you were going to call me about that. It was awesome.
3: <laughs> I mean, look when you look at that shot from inside the car, he had a thread the needle, and he's a tremendous wheelman. He's he's a great he's a great driver, and uh, I'm I'm very happy for you, Stan. When I saw him win last night, the first person I thought of was you. In all seriousness, <laughs> was, because uh, you're the only William Byron fan that I know. I, I imagine there's a, a bunch of William Byron fans. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about you. I really was. And I was very happy for you.
10: Well, well I appreciate your show, bro. You take care of it. You
3: got it. That's Stan. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WVT. It is the Brett Waterbull Show. So I, I've been watching the, the, this play out over the last uh, few weeks. This, this issue involving the president and Ukraine and the need to fund Ukraine uh, in their fight against the Russians. But what I don't get from this president is the imperative for helping the Israelis battle the. The Iranian backed groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, and of course, now the Houthis. Why does President Biden consistently side with people who are on the other side of our values. Now, look, I understand he's trying to tell you that we have to defend Ukraine because if we don't defend Ukraine, Vladimir Putin is going to invade uh, the rest of the NATO allies that are located there, either in the Balkan, either in the uh, in the Baltics or in Poland uh, and beyond. But I cannot understand why. This president of the United States is so obsessed with sucking up to the Iranian mullahs. Uh, it's, it's it's too simple to say. It's because Barack Obama was trying to curry favor with the mullahs in Tehran. It's because Barack Obama wanted to curry favor with the mullahs in Tehran because, you know, they're, they're just one country as opposed to the rest of the uh, uh, Sunni uh, 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 countries there in, in the same part of the region. It's too simple to acknowledge it in that regard. There has to be something else going on. And I do not understand it from the earliest days. From the earliest days of the Obama-Biden administration, you had a narrative that was played constantly. And that was the idea that Barack Obama and Joe Biden were going to fundamentally transform the United States of America into a place that you would not recognize. And I think they've done a pretty good job. I think they've done a pretty good job of doing this. They, they sent pallets of cash to the mullahs in iran uh they they um they certainly fundamentally transfer uh, transformed the big cities in this country uh watching uh, criminals run freely uh where district attorneys don't bring charges against them any longer and on top of that uh you you had antifa engaged in violence on on the uh, on the inauguration day in, in 2017 all of this sort of stuff is is a hugely important thing to understand your country has been fundamentally transformed and he said he would do it. Now, there's a second component to this, and I you can, you can shake your head and say, well, I don't really know if we were really fundamentally transformed. Uh, the country's constantly changing, and we're not going to worry about that. Okay, so let me take you to a second one. Let me take you to a second one. Do you remember the speech that Barack Obama gave in 2008 when he said it was important for the United States of America to have a domestic security force on par with the The military that we have um, with the various branches of government. You remember that. You remember that. It was 2008. You can find the video and listen to it. It was part of that conversation about fundamentally transforming America. Now, take a look at the security apparatus that exists inside the United States right now, not outside of the United States, not the military. Military is having a difficult time in recruiting people to have them join the join the armed forces. And and certainly uh, there is a tolerance of the Border Patrol and Customs and Border Patrol and all the protections and things like that. But what have you seen take place in this country since 2008 and 2009? You have seen a fundamental transformation of the intelligence apparatus in this country. What you see with the Department of Homeland Security married to... The FBI and married to the Department of Justice. I always call it the Department of Justice because that's the accurate way you would we would describe what it is. They will protect their friends and ignore the rest of us. What do you have? You have, I would submit to you. A burgeoning interior ministry. Do you know what an interior ministry is? An interior ministries for a very long time were the were the byproduct of of uh, third world dictators who basically were able to deploy the secret police against their political enemies and rivals. That's what that was. You would see it in European countries as well. There are MI5, MI6. Uh, you have you have these different sorts of iterations. But at the end of the day, these are all interior ministries. We've never in the United States of America had an interior ministry. We do now. Merrick Garland runs the interior ministry. It, it's the Department of Just Us, but he runs the interior ministry. Think about this. You have a government headed by a Catholic in Joe Biden who actually spied on Catholics in church you have a guy in Joe Biden a catholic who also also put as the most important value abortion i mean this is a very odd reality. And so what do you have when you look at the interior ministry of the United States right now? You have an interior ministry that targets Christians openly. Oh, openly. Um, the pro-lifers who have been targeted. Uh, the, the, the the fact of the matter is you, put, you try to put spies into churches. You try to put informants into churches. All this sort of stuff. But you're not protecting the border. See, The Interior Ministry should be deployed against those who are coming across the border in an illegal fashion. And they are not deployed against those people. Don't you find that to be strange? Why is it that there isn't a greater clamor and outcry for uh, Joe Biden to head back to Delaware and enjoy his few years that he's got in front of him? Why is that the case? It's because somebody is getting paid based on the chaos we're living under make no mistake we've been conditioned over the course of the last five or six years to to basically just kind of sit back and watch things we're at a place where it's no longer about watching it's a place where we've now got to be concerned like i told you i don't feel like sharing all my secrets with everybody and i hope you don't either but the reality is whether or not you're willing to share they're going to try to find out. News Talk, Left 10, 99.3 WBT It is the Brett Wooderville Show. Good to be with you. All right, so let me jump on to something here. So Nikki Haley came out uh, today and said she is not leaving the race. There is no intention... To, to leave the race at this stage of the game, she is going to remain in the mix. And the question that I have is, why and how is she pursuing this sort of angle on the, uh, uh, on the race? Because at some point, she has got to be raising money. But if you don't appear to be, appear to be somebody who's going to be viable... Who is writing you checks? And it's not. I'm not being rude. I'm not being nasty. I'm not. It's none of that at all. And anybody can can run and do whatever they want, but but not everybody's got that kind of uh, cash. Not everybody's got all that kind of money. It's it's to me. It's very strange. And so she came out and gave a speech today, as is her right. And she says she's she's not she's not leaving uh, anytime soon. Uh, she she didn't get anywhere near you know even talking about. Getting out of the race, and so what? What are we seeing here? I I I don't know. It's going to be something that we're going to have to pay close attention to. Supposedly, Ron DeSantis was was at at a media availability in Columbia today. I have not seen anything that he has talked about yet, but you know you you look at you look at the stuff that's going on. It's really quite something. And then John Binder posted something. Over at Breitbart, that is worth your attention. Extortion attempt. Joe Biden hopes to cut deportations amid migrant crime wave. A plan by President Joe Biden is called an extortion attempt. That would shield more criminal illegal aliens from deportation as data shows his Department of Homeland Security has drastically cut interior immigration enforcement. Remember what I was telling you, they, they have developed an entire apparatus of an interior ministry and they do not want to deport even the most violent criminal offenders that are here in the United States. The, the write up from John Binder says Biden's White House is threatening to cut deportations of even the most violent illegal alien convicts unless Congress approves billions of dollars in funding that passes through DHS before getting handed to non-governmental organizations helping to facilitate the illegal immigration that's happening here. R.J. Howman, who's the president of the National Immigration Center for Enforcement, told Breitbart News that the threat from Biden is echoed by the establishment media that claims that DHS needs the billions of dollars in funding to enforce federal immigration law. So they're shaking you down. They're shaking you down as a citizen of the United States. They're shaking you down as a taxpayer of the United States. Homan says... This is nothing more than a misleading extortion attempt to prolong a self-inflicted invasion that has been compounded by the gutting of interior enforcement, Howman said. Keep in mind, this is an administration that sought to suspend all deportations for 100 days and also proposed on day one of the administration An amnesty for everybody that's in the country. The claim, Homan said, is false, noting that Congress gave DHS more money than the agency requested to fund more detention space for illegal aliens, even as Biden had sought to slash detention space by 30 percent. Likewise, the Senate package supported by Biden and crafted by James Lankford sellout. Kirsten Cinema, wacko, Chris Murphy, Democrat, would, among other things, preserve DHS's parole pipeline for illegal aliens into the United States interior and get work permits much more quickly than released. The accelerated work permits in particular would serve as a huge pull factor for more illegal immigration at the southern border. Some people are suggesting that DHS ought to be audited to get to the bottom of where Biden is using billions in taxpayer funding allocated to the agency by Congress, even as he has cut deportations and interior immigration enforcement. This is the great scam coming from this administration. Somebody's benefiting from this. Somebody is making money on the backside of these of these moves. And I'll tell you who it is. I I will tell you exactly who it is. It's the NGOs. The NGOs do not comport to even the most basic stuff that has to be reported. The non-governmental organizations are are, are where you are hearing about the, uh, the, the movement of people around this country. Because they have pipelines into Mexico and in other places, and they bring them into the United States and they process them. This is why they were flying around on airplanes. They were being sent from you know here, there and everywhere. This is a huge problem that needs to be dealt with. Biden reduced at-large arrests of criminal illegal aliens by nearly 70% from 2021 to 2023. Deportations of criminal, illegal aliens. This, This means people who are already criminals, not just because they're coming across illegally. They have committed crimes. They're still being released. And yet, what are you told? You're told that you're not allowed to protect your family. You're not allowed to protect your neighbors. You're not allowed to do any of that stuff. You are living in Biden's America. Barack Obama vowed. The fundamental transformation of America, Joe Biden is delivering the fundamental teardown of the United States of America. I I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. I forgive you if you voted for him, but I hope it was worth it. Headbanger music for uh, Breaking Brett Jensen. Breaking Brett Jensen's in the studio with Winterville. What's going on, Breaking Bret Jensen? I don't know. You don't know, yes. you where's, know. The, where's the keg? What keg? I
1: don't know. Don't you have keggers in here all the time? Because we
3: play metal all the time. I mean, yeah, figure something. This man. is the metal show. Where are the man? holes
1: in the walls where you're banging your heads? We
3: we we put the posters up to yeah. keep them covered.
1: Yeah. yeah. So anyway. let me
3: ask you a question. You're a guy who's been around a lot. You've you've seen things, you've you've witnessed political stuff and uh, you've seen sporting events and you've seen scandal and all this sort of stuff. Do you think Joe Biden is going to be the nominee for the Democratic Party uh coming up in this year? Do you think he's got the veracity and the wherewithal?
1: So that's the million dollar question and you know <sighs> I don't know. I don't think it's going to be because of scandal or what's going on with Hunter or the documents in the DOJ and all that stuff. It it will only happen, and you're seeing some of the left media that have been turning on him and, you know, mm-hmm. people who thought he was brilliant for four years, now all of a sudden as we're getting ready to uh, get towards election are starting to turn on him mm-hmm. because they know that he will lose to Trump. They know that. And, and, and decisively. And they also know that he would lose even bigger to Nikki Haley. And, you know, with all those polls came out, the MSNBC or the NBC poll and everything last week. So, but here's the thing. I don't know if Jill Biden will allow him not to run if he's still standing and not, like, hooked up to tubes somewhere, a feeding tube. Yeah, And I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm being sincere. I mean, even in a John Fetterman situation, we saw what his wife did. Yeah. And I, as long as he can still walk across stage, uh, maybe. But I think that honestly, I think the Democrats, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the reason I like politics so much in terms of elections is it's exactly like sports because it all involves analytics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. It's how. Mm-hmm. What? How do white women bro- vote? Black women vote. Black men vote. White men vote. Like the Hispanic. Like everything's analytical, and I love all that. And I mean, the question at the end of the day is: I think the Democrats from are just terrified. Not that RFK Jr. can win, mm-hmm. but how many votes is he going to take? Is he going to do to the Democrat person what Ross Perot did to Bush Senior?
3: I, I I I think he would probably. Take more from Trump. See, I don't think so. I think he would pull a little more from Trump.
1: I think he would do well with the independents, and I think he would mm-hmm. pull more with Democrats than he would Trump because Republicans so, aren't going to uh, vote for anybody else.
3: Well, so okay, so you have look, you have March Madness coming up
1: here. Yeah, we do. Okay,
3: so you know, you have you have those specific teams that are perennial favorites, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. we know exactly who those teams are right. So Trump and Biden are two of the powerhouse teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nikki Haley is she's,
1: she's like not, she's like, not even Cinderella. She's this like point.
3: yeah, she's like Purdue. You know, uh, at, coming, at coming up.
1: That's not a good. W. Okay,
3: and then and then I would say RFK. He's
1: he's like you know he's like he Creighton. Is? Yeah, but you know what though. He's like Creighton, or Boston College. He's like say, Boston. You know, College. I mean, Creighton's has gone to the elite eight, but here's here's the way I view <clears throat> the way I view JFK Jr. is RFK. Excuse me, RFK Jr. It's thank okay. you. That's thank okay. you. That's um, the way I view RFK Jr. is this: every year, a 12 seed beats a five seed. Right. Every single year, whether it's Iona, Saint Bonaventure. Yes. Yes. That ends up beating mm-hmm. Georgia Tech or mm-hmm. Miami or mm-hmm. the Boston Colleges. And then what happens? And then they go to the next round, yeah. and you know, four out of five times, they get smoked. Buzzsaw. Right. That's yeah. right. So I could, I sort of view him as a 12 seed versus a 5 seed, mm-hmm. like a St. Bonaventure. I, and what I mean by not winning, I don't think he can obviously win. I don't think there's any chance in hell of him winning right. an election. Right. But I think, I truly believe this, that if he gets let's say 18% of the vote 17% Oh of the my vote. gosh
3: if he got that much i mean that would be like on a well, didn't Ross Perot get in the teens Yeah but you're talking about 8 that's like 18 million yeah, votes Right but didn't that's Ross a... Perot get in the teens Yeah but, but Ross Perot it's it was a self-inflicted wound because he he went he spun out and went crazy He did and said that George W George uh H W Bush was deploying the CIA uh, and lesbians to disrupt his daughter's wedding. No, I. I and get then he that. quit the race, and right. then he came back, right. which was like, "What are you doing?"
1: But, but the whole point was, though. But even that little guy had a major impact. He was also or, a billionaire. Uh, yes, he was. And he was and buying the one that almost, always had the signs and yeah. the little charts. That's right. But, that's right. But even he yeah. had a you know an impact. He did. Even if it's fifteen percent. That's true.
3: That 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 look and, very
1: true. And that's what I'm saying. That's right it wouldn't stun me mm-hmm. if if RFK junior got 15% of the vote and if he does i think that torpedoes biden because all the polls show when you include rfk junior in the polling mm-hmm. biden loses even bigger okay but so here's the problem either one of
3: them wins rfk will get x number of votes right i mean remember he's in his 70s He's not a kid,
1: but is he still younger than the other two?
3: Yeah, but he's, he's seventy. He's, <laughs> he's seventy. He's still he's younger, s- but he's seventy. They're eight, they're almost 80, 81. Uh, and you know, I mean, he's like he's like
1: low seventies. <laughs> I, I not- saw this stat today. Joe Biden is closer to the birthday of Abraham Lincoln than he is his own birthday.
3: <laughs> All right, hold on. Now wait. I'm not going to sit here and let you mock the current president of the United States. Uh, when I saw that stat, I went, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Are you trying to say that he took Mary Todd Lincoln to prom? Stop that. Okay? Don't do that. All right. So so here's the thing. that I, The only reason I'm bringing all this up is these two guys can only serve a term. They, just, they can only serve That's right. They're lame ducks. They're lame ducks. The minute they get elected, it's lame ducks. They're lame ducks. Okay. That's right. Number one. Number two. Yep. Here's the other thing, though, to think about. We have got to encourage people that have legitimate jobs. I'm talking about a realtor, an accountant, a business person, whatever. We have got to demand that those people get into the race and not and not go to Washington, D.C. and become a politician, but to be a servant, uh, a servant in that regard. So you I, can't be a professional politician. you got to—you got to have a second job. you got to have a, a first job.
1: My, my thoughts are on that, is that I think a lot of these people go up to Washington with very good intentions. And that's what they're going to uh, do. I, I, I was it. an accountant. I've never been a politician. This is the first time I've ran in an office. And you know what? Then they go up there and then they realize that they can legally inside trade. And then they get the power. Yes. And then they, they're like, yes. oh, my gosh, I want on this committee. I want on that committee. That's correct. Oh, wait a minute. Um, Filthy. If I vote against this, that means I'll lose all this uh, all this money from the from all the outside entities. So I think most people go up there mm-hmm. with good intentions. And then within six months, Corrupted. they're exactly like everybody else. And all they care about is the dollar bill. So unlike everybody
3: else, what do you have coming up on your show tonight?
1: Oh, look at you. Let's call professional, professional lead in. Um, I have Hal Weatherman, the what many people consider to be the front runner of lieutenant governor in the primary on the Republican side. If he's not the front runner, he's in the top three. He's he's going to join me for the first couple of segments tonight, and then Riley Gaines, my full interview with Riley Gaines, which has been going on throughout the day. I had a long chance to interview her to last night, and uh, just left her over there at UNC Charlotte where she spoke. So it got my one-on-one exclusive. She didn't speak to any other media outlet, only us, and so we've got that coming up and maybe a Maggie update. Oh, very good. Outstanding. Breaking Brett Jensen is coming by next.
3: Thanks so much to Isaac and TJ, Anna, and, of course, Pam Warner. It's been a real pleasure to spend the time with you today. I am Brett Witterbull. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.